So I'm editing this in before the video, and I just wanted to give a heads up. The app we use, Anchor FM, we were having some audio issues with the connection, and the episode you're listening to right now was actually our third try. So uh, I tried cutting out where it skipped, and you didn't hear what he was saying or whatnot. We'll try and figure it out next week, but this was the best we could do, and it should be somewhat to the point, and you understand what we're saying, but if you're hearing it cut out at certain points... It's uh, not your phone or your connection. It's it's on our end. We apologize for that. So hopefully next week it'll be solved and enjoy. Welcome back to week three of Base Bets. Thank you for the returning listeners and welcome to all the new ones. We're going to go over a quick week two recap. Um, Ed went 12 for 16, but he's not here this week. He's doing contenders optic breaks, trying to get some Kevin Durant's, of course. I went 11 for 16, and Van went 10 for 16. Introduce yourself, Van, to the people. Hey, everybody. I'm Van from uh, Pro Car Collection on Instagram. All right. And we're just going to do a quick rundown of the underdogs and games we all agreed on just to show our legitimacy for the new listeners. So we agreed on 10 games last week, all three of us. We went 7-3. and three. The underdogs we got right, Ed and I got the Falcons plus 4. And we all agreed on the Giants plus five and a half and the Jags plus eight. Bad beats. I had the Patriots plus four, and we all know what happened there. Lost by a two yard short of a touchdown. Ed and I had the Browns minus six, and they won by five. Then all three of us had the Steelers minus seven, and they won by six. The what the fuck games of the week were Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Chiefs not covering by only giving Edwards Hilaire eight rushing attempts. And a little update on the fantasy stuff. We try to do picks at the end of, like, each game, but it's kind of redundant looking back on it. You don't need us to tell you to start Nick Chubb. You already drafted him so high, you're kind of forced to do it anyway. So moving on to week three, we have the Dolphins plus three versus the Jags on Thursday night. I like the Jags in this game. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big Gardner Minshew fan right now. It, it's his team or bust. They got rid of everybody. But the man just keeps he keeps the team keeps the team going. Miami looked good against Buffalo, yes, but that's a division game. It's a rivalry game. They play all their division games close. Jacksonville had some rough calls against Tennessee that could have swung the game in their favor. Losing by three to Tennessee, that's not bad. That that's that's for what that team is. That's that's a win in my book. Yeah, I like the Jags as well, minus three, because, like you said, they held the Titans with leading rusher, who's arguably the best running back in the game, Derrick Henry in check, which is hard to do for any team. And I don't think the Miles Gaskin, uh, Matt Breida, Jordan Howard backfield is going to have the same uh, effect as uh, Derrick Henry. So I wouldn't even be worried about the run game at all. And I think it just comes down to Fitzmagic in the passing game, which I don't trust him in prime time, even though, you know, the whole Tampa Bay Buccaneers thing was cool a few years ago. Another reason I like the Jaguars is because their rookie running back or second year back Robinson looks really good, along with Keelan Cole being back. And I heard Shark might be out, but they still have Cole, DD, and Chris Conley. And Minshew, like he said, is also becoming a reliable quarterback to cover spreads. Next up, we have yeah, the Chalk, Patriots. Oh, sorry. Just a, just a heads up. Last thing I heard was Chalk. Chalk has a, a chest injury, so I'm not sure if it's if it's going to be game time or what. But that that's just a heads up. 
Yeah, and I think that's that's a pretty big deal. But I think they still have three solid wideouts who've shown they can play. Conley from the Chiefs, and he was on the Jags last year, and Didi and Keelan Cole. Next up, we have the Patriots minus six versus the Raiders. I'm I'm, I'm all in on the Patriots this week, giving up the six points. You got uh, Las Vegas coming in, traveling west to east for our early game. Playing on a short, short week. week. Yeah. Yep, it's yep. Big win against the Saints. You know, home opener. That I mean, traveling to New England, playing a twelve o'clock game, which is what ten o'clock their time. Mm-hmm. Car looked good. Cam has something to prove. Cam Cam has something to prove this year. I, they're not the Patriots with Brady, but. Cam's starting to spread the ball out a little bit more. He's getting other players involved. He, he's getting Harry involved more. Burkhead's catching Burkhead's catching five passes a game now. If James White is there, that's James White's points. That's James White's yards. And White's a lot faster than what Burkhead is. They lost that game at the last second last week. Give me, give me New England minus six this week. Yeah, I like New England minus six as well just because – I think this is one of those games where John Gruden's going to try and uh, out overplay Belichick. It. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna try and like put on a show to like kind of like impress people to show he's a better coach <clears> than <throat> Belichick, even though we all know he's not. And I just think it comes down to who do you trust more as a coach? Because when you think about it, the teams are pretty even. I mean, both defenses are middle pack, kind of mediocre. Uh, you know, Josh Jacobs is obviously a lot better running back than Sonny Michelle, but I think Cam Newton's the real running back on the team. And I think Cam Newton's passing abilities in this offense is similar to Derek Carr, where, you know, he's not Russell Wilson, but he's also not um, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think uh, James White's status is a big factor, but I like the Patriots just because, like you said, it's a home game, short week for the Raiders, and Bill Belichick is hard to bet against. Next up, we have the Rams plus two and a half versus the Bills. Again, I'm, I'm going to take the East Coast team. I like the Bills. I like the Bills in this game. Bills are playing good ball. You got Los Angeles traveling from the west to east. Early game for them again. Um, the way it's just the, the way the Bills look, the, the way they're made right now. They have a playmaker on the outside that can make big plays. Allen's never had that in the two years he's been there. The Rams, the Rams are going to be without their two starting running backs. So they're playing their third string running back, which is his first start in his career. It leaves that's leaving your wideouts and your tight end. Tredavious White for the Bills will lock down one of those wideouts, no problem. They'll, they'll leave him on the island. I will take the Bills defense against golf and a tight end and a wide receiver all day. Yeah, I like the Bills as well because just the absence of Akers and Malcolm Brown really kind of ruined the identity. The Rams kind of went back to their Todd Gurley Super Bowl year where the run game was the focal point of their offense, which opened up the passing game and allowed Goff to make a lot easier passes. Last year with uh, Todd Gurley's knees kind of being wonky, you saw a lot more passing, which put Goff in tough situations. But since they had the power running, it kind of made defenses have to focus on the run, which put Goff in more one-on-one defensive situations. And Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are going to win those most times. 
And especially with Higby coming along, I think you see weeks one and two, how good they can be with a run game. But just like he said, Henderson in his first start against that Bills defense on the road isn't something I like. I mean, who knows? He could go for 150 yards because there's not much film on him. But it's just a game where I take the Bills. Next up, we have the Texans plus three and a half versus the Steelers. I really don't like this game. I I, I don't game. I, I, the over is what, 48, 47? 45. 45. I like the over in this game. You don't know what, what Pittsburgh team's going to show up. It could be a Pittsburgh show up and barely beat the third second Denver Broncos. Or it could be a Pittsburgh Steelers team that showed up week one where they were shutting every shutting everything down. Houston Houston has Deshaun Watson and that's it. They have no wide out well, they have wide outs, but they're not and Watson not having that, it shows this year. It goes to my head. I will take the points with Houston. They'll get a backdoor cover down down on the backside. They'll get the last second touchdown and cover this game. Yeah, I agree. Texans plus three. I think for a different reason. There's a lot of games this week where if they lose, coaches will be getting fired. A lot of teams with high expectations, absolutely being abysmal, whether it be blowing a lead or just not performing. I think the Watson and the five eleven receiving core experiment doesn't look too hot so far partially because Watson has one of the worst O-lines and he no longer has the Hopkins possession receiver safety net, which bailed him out a lot. So I think there's also a degree where the first two games, to be fair, were against the Ravens and Chiefs, which is two of the best teams. So I think that could factor into it. But I think the game also just flat up comes down to bet on who you think is going to win the line of scrimmage. Do you think the Texans line can hold up versus the Steelers D or do you think the Steelers D is going to dominate the Texans offensive line. I think the Tex I think the Steelers might play down to their competition and I think the Texans will have an extra incentive to win because they know a bad shit's going to happen to that franchise if they lose this game and start 0 3. Either way, I would take the Texans. I mean, they picked up Tunzel to protect Watson 2 years ago and he has not done shit to protect him. Mm-hmm. Like O'Brien O'Brien's offseason moves have failed massively in my eyes. And I mean, we're only two games in, but Hopkins for David Johnson? Come on, now. Yeah, and they traded for Duke Johnson a few years ago, and they don't even use him anymore, really, even though he's probably the best scat back outside of New England in recent memory for the he's most been part. Hurt. He's been hurt. I think he's questionable uh, again for this game. I was, Okay, then I was week one then. They didn't use him week one at all. I had him. Um, yeah, you I flexed had him. him. In, yeah, in Ed's yeah. fantasy weekly thing. He was my captain. God help me. <laughs> Next up, we have the 49ers minus four versus the Giants. And an injury update, Jimmy G, Mostert, Tico, which is Tevin Coleman, Bosa, Salman, Thomas, Debo Samuel, and Richard Sherman are all out. Is Kittle playing in this one? Is Kittle coming back for this He's game? He's questionable right now. He's questionable. Uh, if not, Jordan Reed's still healthy, surprisingly, after a week. <laughs> I mean, this this week you got all of the West Coast heading to the East Coast. It, it's it's kind of it's kind of strange. I, I I like New York in this game. 
I mean, they're playing the second and third string San Francisco 49ers. Out of Southern Miss, the second far week. I know the Giants lost. Uh, they lost Saquon. They played the Bears close without Saquon. They picked up Freeman this week. I'm not sure how much action he's. But I, I like Danny Jones. I like. They have some weapons that they Evan Ingram. They they can. It's a passing league. It's not a running league anymore. They can keep this. They can keep this close and possible. So I'll take the Giants plus four. Yeah, and Sterling Shepard's on IR, by the way. But Golden Tate is back, so it kind of evens out the field. Yeah, I like the Giants plus four for a similar reason. I think it comes down to, yes, the Giants O-line is ass, but are the 49ers backups going to expose the offensive line? Possibly, but it's um, Jared McKinnon's first start in a few years since he was on the Vikings, and... I just think Devontae Freeman might be a little healthier than most running backs in the NFL right now, to say the least. And they still have Deion Lewis, who's mediocre. <clears throat> but like he said, I just think the backup quarterback for the Niners, forgot his name again. Nick Sorry, Mullins. it's our third time recording. Yeah, Nick Mullins. We had some trouble before with uh, technical difficulties. Forgot the name both times. But yeah, <laughs> Nick Mullins and McKinnon versus Freeman and Daniel Jones. I just am not seeing much of a Niners upside. And you also got to think, Nick Mullins doesn't have the weapons that Jimmy Garoppolo had last year. They don't have Debo. They don't have Emmanuel Sanders. So not only are they running with backup quarterbacks, they're backup running backs and wideouts. So I take Giants plus four. Next up, we have the Titans minus two versus the Vikings. This is this is one of those weird little Titans are only minus two. It's it's it seems like a trap game. I'm gonna take the Titans minus two. Kirk Cousins is terrible. Having not having Diggs really hurts him. I know they got Dalvin Cook. They still got Thielen. The defense doesn't look that good. It doesn't look like the Minnesota Viking defense of the last two to three years. The Titans. The Titans are on a on a little run since last year. Uh, Derrick Henry, you know, he's like you said, he's the best running back in the league. Tannehill it looks like a freaking quarterback for the first time since he played at Texas A&M. I mean, he had four touchdowns last week. He had two touchdowns. I mean, A.J. Brown's back. You got Corey Davis, who finally looks like a first-round pick at wide out. I'll take, I'll take my chances with Tennessee and that defense shutting down for Cousins. All day long. Minus two. Yeah, I like the Titans as well. I think Vegas is kind of waiting for Tannehill to do the Tannehill thing of years past. But I think he's kind of shown since uh, the benching of Mariota. It's not really like that anymore for him. I think, like you said, the emergence of Corey Davis, Jonu Smith, and Adam Humphreys as a core last week showed they could be really good in the passing game. Especially since Derrick Henry struggled. They still scored 33 points, and that was without A.J. Brown, who was the clear number one wideout. So I think you add A.J. Brown back and you play a Kirk Cousins-led team, which has been a disaster without Stephon Diggs. I think teams have been able to focus on Adam Thielen more, and I think you're seeing kind of a Laquan Treadwell-type situation with Justin Jefferson so far. These teams expect, you know, rookie wideouts like Jerry Judy and Jefferson and um, 
Rager to step in and be like the automatic replacement Pro Bowl level caliber players, but it's not always like that. And I also think, you know, Kirk Cousins was never a top tier quarterback. So when you take away a Pro Bowl wideout and replace him with a rookie, I don't think you expect much good things to happen, especially since Irv Smith Jr. really hasn't kind of blossomed into the player they wanted. They were trying to want him like Noah Fant, but that hasn't happened at all. So I just think you look at the quarterbacks this year, you look at the running backs, look at the wideouts and tight ends. I think clean sweep for the Titans in every category along with defense. So I think you take that, and I think you also take the 48 over because I do think Minnesota will be able to score. I just don't think they'll be able to score to beat the Titans. That, that 48 over, that's that. I... Then you have the Browns minus seven versus the Redskins. Uh, I like the Browns in this one. I think I think they Baker Baker had a good game last week. I want to see him progress into two two good games back back. Um, Washington has a defense. Washington's front end, um, front line, that D line is, is legit. I, I I still like being too many weapons on that team. There's just way too many hunt between Hunt coming in. You got starting Landry. I just wish they would they would put <clears throat> both running backs in the backfield for a couple plays just to just to mix it up. You could play action, have Hunt go out for the screen. I mean, it. They have so many weapons on this team. I I'll take I'll give up the seven points. I'll take Cleveland at home. And I mean, you playing Dwayne Haskins. He hasn't looked he hasn't looked legit. I mean, he, 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 I don't think he's going to be around in the next two years. <clears throat> yeah, I like the Browns as well. I think people are overrating the Redskins just from week one. Their defense is somewhat good, but it's still mediocre. That Eagles game, to be fair, was without Miles Sanders, and Jalen Rager was his first game ever. Week two, again, you know, it was against the Cardinals and, you know, the run defense, I think, kind of got exposed with Kyler Murray and Kenyon Drake. Drake was struggling a little bit, but he still averaged 3.3 yards a carry. I just think the backfield of the Browns will be able to overshadow any of Baker's mistakes like you saw in week two. That's not saying Baker's going to be, you know, perfect or whatever, but I think it just comes down to it's Haskins and Antoine Gibson and Peyton Barber versus Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And I would much rather take Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt over Gibson and Peyton Barber. But the over is 44. I'd avoid that just because this could be like a 10 to 17 game because I think it could get sloppy. Both defenses are mediocre, but when you're playing quarterbacks that aren't too great, I think it could make you look a lot better. Like we saw with oh, yeah. Evers Carson once. Oh, Baker, up, could throw, have... Baker could throw three touchdowns or throw three interceptions. This could be a field goal game. Either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think Baker is going to get a lot of uh, screen plays drawn up to Kareem Hunt because that seems like it's their go-to after the uh, third quarter. Yep. Next up, we have Bengals plus six and a half versus the Eagles. I like the Eagles in this game. I know the Eagles haven't haven't shown anything so far this year, but uh, I mean, this is the home game for them. They're playing Cincinnati, who if you watch the game Thursday night, Cincinnati cannot do – they can't stop the run. Sanders is back. The offensive line for Cincinnati is is 
I, I don't even know what word to describe them. I mean, they're going to get Burrow's going to want them dead, and and if they don't protect him, just to keep you in the game. I don't see it happening this week. I'll give up the six and a half. Um, I think Wentz has a big game. I think Andrews Sanders will be over 100 with a touchdown. I think Wentz will be 250, 300 with two touchdowns. I'll see. Yeah, I uh, I actually would avoid this game. I think it's a trap game. I think the Eagles are a not very good team. I think Carson Wentz has looked awful this entire year. Although Miles Sanders is back, I don't know if that makes up for the fact that Joe Burrow looked good in prime time in a short week versus the Bengals, excuse me, versus the Browns. And now he has a longer week to get ready and whatnot. I think it comes down to, like he said, though, the Bengals run defense is horrible. Um, I can't believe uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb ran all over him. I think Joe Mixon struggling to find any yards behind that offensive line. And you see Giovanni Bernard playing now, which is weird. But I, I, I don't know if I want to give the Eagles minus six and a half. Maybe if it was three, but I would just avoid this game. I don't like either team, and it feels kind of like a game that can go either way. Next up, we have he, he got hurt in that game, C.J. Yeah, Drew Sample looks good, though. There are a lot of deep balls. Yeah, but Burrow didn't. It was all intermittent passes. It wasn't nothing deep. They didn't open. So, if you can, if you can keep them to five yards and five to six yard passes, I'll take. Like I said, I, I like Philly. All right. Next up, we have Bears plus three and a half versus the Falcons. I, I, I don't like. Um, I like the over in this one. This was over what forty. 48. 48. I like the over in this game. I, I think points out each one. At least 20 to 30 points from the foul. 27 from the Bears. I just Mitch Trubisky right now. I can't trust Atlanta either. Uh, they Dan Quinn should have been fired last year. They played good for the last six games to keep his job. They've come out the first two weeks. And, I mean, when you blow it. And, and losing the last minute, that's something. something. Yeah, uh, I, I take the Falcons, though, because I just – I think, you know, Quinn Snyder isn't very uh, good, but – excuse me, Dan Quinn, not Quinn Snyder. Dan Quinn is um he, he's a mediocre coach. Who's Quinn? I gotta Google this now. Sorry, hold on. I think he was the old Heat point guard. Quinn Quinn Snyder. Quinn. No, no, no. Quinn Snyder is the uh, Jazz coach. coach. Is he not? Okay, he's the yeah. coach Missouri. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's some Quinn he's on the coach Heat Missouri basketball. Then. Yeah. So Falcons minus three and a half. Uh, Trubisky plays one good quarter game, and they're two and zero off one good quarter. That was the fourth quarter and the first first quarter last week. Excuse me, fourth quarter week one, second quarter week two. Yeah, anyway, just the Bears fucking suck. It's a joke. They they got lucky against the the Lions with DeAndre Swift <laughs> dropping it, 
And then week two was another lucky game with Saquon being hurt, and they didn't even cover the spread. So, joke of a franchise, Trubisky's still ass. Next up, we have the Jets plus 10.5 versus the Colts. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. They suck. God, are they horrible. Uh, I'm going to take Indy in this one. I'll take Indy minus 10. I'll give up. It's a lot of points. Usually, you don't – you. Double digit points when you're you're gambling, but man, if you if you looked at the Jets last week and what they did to, with San Francisco's second and third string team on the field, Indianapolis Indianapolis got strong defense. Philip Rivers has an offensive line that can actually protect him now. He's not just throwing up lame ducks like he did in San Diego last year. Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold looks like a worse uh, waste of a first round pick. Looks like they're it's gonna be Trevor Lawrence there next year. I'll take the, I'll take Indy giving up the ten. Uh, I'm actually gonna take the Jets this game. I don't Ooh. even want to take the Jets. I don't know. I don't know why I said that. Uh, I wouldn't take the Colts or the Jets. Ten and a half is a lot to give up. I don't trust Philip Rivers. I also don't trust Adam Gase, Sam Darnold, Frank Gore is a thousand years old. Perriman's out. I don't know if Crowder's back. Uh, both teams are just really like. The Jets are obviously worse, but the Colts aren't any better. Uh, Philip Rivers, I'm not sure if there's some, you know, hatred towards T.Y. Hilton going on, but uh, T.Y. Hilton's still pretty good at football, and he's not getting the ball much. I just, I, I don't know. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is the big X factor in this game. I wouldn't be surprised if Darnold has one of his 2019 weeks, 12 through 16, 17 games, where he goes off to uh, save Invest his job. Invest in Darnold this week? I don't know. You might, because I – I don't know if he wants to become Trevor Lawrence's backup. I mean, that's where it's headed. That, that yeah, I mean, that's what it looks like, man. The way he's playing, it's. I don't know. And then Sam Darnold goes to the Patriots and wins three Super Bowls. No shit, that would be wild. Next up, we have Panthers plus seven versus Chargers. All right, so uh, Justin Herb, uh, Justin Herbert starting this week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tyrod's got the the whole doctor incident and all of that. Ah, I like the charges in this one. I mean, he the kid looks good. The kid the kid looks like a legit quarterback. Now the Panthers will have a week to get some film on them, unlike what KC had. Christian McCaffrey. Teddy Bridgewater is not gonna win you a game. He's gonna he's gonna keep you in the game, but cost you the game, win you the game. Carolina uh, who's the running back now? Mike Davis. I'll take. I'll take. Chargers giving up points, playing at home. Yeah, I'm going to take the Chargers too. I think giving Austin Eckler and Joshua Kelly 16 touches a game versus the 32nd run defense is just going to absolutely blow the doors off. I think both are dynamic in the run game and passing game especially getting 16 touches each on average so far weeks one and two versus the chiefs who are somewhat good defense. I think they're just too dynamic of running backs for a 32nd ranked defense in the NFL to handle along with uh, Chris McCaffrey being out. Mike Davis really hasn't played since Seattle when Chris Carson broke his hip, which was a few years ago. Yep. Uh, last I remember he was third string on the bears last year. He was third string. I should tell you all you need to know. Wow. Um, 
Teddy Bridgewater, I'm not exactly sure what to think. I think he's he's a good conservative quarterback, but you can't be that conservative when your defense gives up 35 points. Next up, we have Lions versus Cardinals. I'm this one seems. On Detroit, who gave up 24 points to Trubisky in the fourth quarter against Kyler Murray. Half, I'll take Kyler and D-Hop all day in this game. Um, you, you got Drake, who, who should be able to get some yards on this defense. Kyler getting out the pocket is the thing. They have no, There's nobody in the NFL that can spy Kyler Murray. He's too quick. He's too – I mean, he's small as shit. All he was high behind the offense and he's gone. Uh, yeah, give me give me, give me, me Cardinals minus five and a half. And Kyler's going to – I think Kyler and D-Hop's going to have another big game. Yeah, I, I like the Cardinals as well. I don't get the line on this one. Last few weeks there have been a few locks, and I think this is going to be another lock. Kenny Galladay's back, but I don't think that makes up for the defense of Matt Patricia – who always has a pencil, but I'm not sure what he's writing down because somewhat they've never improved ever, that team. I think they might have had, like, a one-win improvement. But, I mean, the Lions have really been just treading water the last few years. I think Stafford's a good quarterback. His talent's being wasted. Offensive line's mediocre. Defense is mediocre. I don't think anyone can cover Hopkins on the Cardinals. I also think Christian Kirk is another weapon they haven't used much. Lions run defense is abysmal. I like Drake and Kyler to have a big day. I take the Cardinals. Next up, we have Bucks minus six versus the Jeff Driscoll Denver Broncos. All right, so this was my like, this is my lock. This is the one that jumped out at me when as soon as I seen it. You got Tampa Bay with Tom Brady going to Denver, playing the second and third string team again. Everybody's healthy for Tampa Bay. Hopkins, uh, not Hopkins. You got Godwin back. From concussion protocol, you got Mike Evans, who's looked real good last week. His hamstring looks healthy. Fournette and Jones look like a a, a dominant backfield. I mean, you can get if you can get 150 yards rushing, Tom don't have to do shit, but dink and dunk all day long. As is Wes Welker type wide receiver in uh. What's that kid's uh Simmons Scotty. or Smith? Scotty, that's it. I'll take I'll take Tom and the Bucks minus six. I mean, it's the Broncos have nothing. Uh, they I mean I like Locke. I, the only person that's on that team that that still can do anything. There's two two guys, Melvin Gordon and Noah Fant. You shut them down. That that's it. Yeah, I like the Bucks as well. It's their first game where they're all relatively healthy. Uh, Leonard Fournette kind of got the job after the Ronald Jones fumble. I just think Jeff Driscoll, Sutton, Locke, and Lindsey are out. Basically, the whole core that was going into this season. I don't like anything about Denver except maybe their special teams. But I just don't get why the Bucks are only minus six. It seems like it could be a trap game, but... In order for it to be a trap game, there's typically at least some form of competent quarterback on the other end. <laughs> and I don't know if Jeff Driscoll's, you know, after the 49ers stint is something we don't know about him, but 
you just got to take the Bucks, even if it's money line. Next up, we have Cowboys minus four, or excuse me, Cowboys plus four versus Seattle. I, I like Seattle at home in this one, giving up four points to Dallas. You saw what Matt Ryan and Atlanta did last week. Uh, Russell Wilson is the most efficient quarterback that they have going right now. He's five touchdowns. Your middle, you, you, they don't have Van Der Esch, so they're down the middle linebacker. Chris Carson can pound the ball against that defense. Dak will keep them in the – Dak and Zeke will keep them in the game, but I, I just they, – they need to get Gallup going. They need to – the ball's got to get spread around a little bit more, and, and Dak needs a little bit more time to, to pass the ball down the field. I don't see that happening against Seattle's defense. I see – the I think the Legion of Boom is, is coming back with Jamal Adams there. So I'll take I'll take Seattle minus four. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take Seattle minus four as well. Whenever there's a big Cowboys win, that means there's a big loss ahead. I think Russell Wilson's the by far favorite to be MVP. Chris Carson looks good. You got Carlos Hyde as a backup. Uh, all the wideouts look good. DK Lockett more. Greg Olson somewhat reliable, and Disley's coming back. So. Yeah, I mean, Seattle, hard to bet against them right now, especially when it's Dallas. Next up, we have Packers plus three versus the Saints. Right now, Michael Thomas is questionable, and Devontae Adams is questionable as well. I think Adams will play, and I think Michael Thomas will not, but I'm not a doctor. Yeah, uh, Thomas is supposed to be getting checked out by the Green Bay doctors. I got uh, the, Apparently, the team doctor for Green Bay is an ankle specialist, so he was traveling to Green Bay this week to go see him. It's kind of weird. I mean, I don't know if there's any, you know, hidden agenda there telling him, yeah, you could play and, you know, just ruin your career. But uh, Drew, Brees, Drew Brees does not look like the old Drew Brees from two to three years ago. He, he doesn't have the deep ball. Once he came back from that thumb injury last year, it was everything was dink and donk. There's no team. Thomas is not a deep threat. Thomas is Thomas is a possession receiver who 10, 15 yards and get his yak yards afterwards. I'll take Green Bay in this game. Green Bay looks legit. Aaron Aaron Rodgers looks he has something to prove after the last couple seasons. Um Devontae Adams, if Devontae Adams is is back. Saints secondary is trash. He'll have a field day. Even if he's not back, I see Scandal having a good day. Uh, Aaron Jones will be able to pound the ball against this D-line for the Saints. I'll take Green Bay, giving, uh, giving up the uh, – they're getting the points, right? Plus three, right? Yeah, Green Bay's yeah. plus three. Yeah I, like, yeah, I like Green Bay as well. I think it comes down to Aaron Rodgers versus Drew Brees. I think the running backs are somewhat even. If Packers probably has better depth at running back, but you can argue Kamara is better than Jones. Uh, yeah, I just – the Saints seem kind of gimmicky this year. They seem like after the whole Drew Brees national anthem comment, they all they don't seem like the camaraderie is there anymore. They just seem kind of all in it for themselves. And I think you saw that, especially on the defensive end with Waller, where it seems like they're playing a lot of individual football and not team football. And I don't think that works well when you play a Packers team with, you know, Aaron Rodgers would probably be the MVP candidate so far if it wasn't for Russell Wilson. But I think it's just hard to bet against what you're seeing from the Packers in the past defense, run defense, and even the 
Um, coaching staff looks good. I remember Aaron Rodgers wasn't a big fan of Matt LaFleur, but they, they look in sync this year, which is good. Next up, we have the Chiefs versus the Ravens. What's the spread on this? I forgot to write it down. Uh, three and a half. Uh, I, I, I like the Ravens in this game. They're playing at home. Uh, the Chiefs' defense looked looked a little out of sorts last week playing against uh, San, uh, Los Angeles or the Chargers. Jackson is a – he is not a running back. He is a quarterback that can run. He can drop back and throw the ball. He has some speed at the wideouts. He's got Mark Andrews down the middle. And then you got the backfield. I mean, that backfield is really three running backs. You have Ingram, you have Gus Edwards, and you have uh, Dobbins. I mean, you have the defense is the – do I think they'll shut Mahomes down? No. But this is the game – this will be the best game of the whole year in my I think. Super Bowl. I think it'll go back and forth. I think the Ravens scored one touchdown more. Case. I think they have the ball one more time than KC has. Now one more time than what KC does. Ravens minus three and a half. Yeah, I like the Ravens too, more so just because Andy Reid's kind of gone back to his old ways. You know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had that monster week one game. You know, you you watch the playoffs and you're like, wow, Andy Reid really got over the hump of you know, just passing the ball the entire game because he's, you know, if you're new to football or whatever, he's been a coach for God knows how long. And he, he never won a Super Bowl outside of last year because a big criticism was he only passed the ball in big games or even any game. He was afraid to run it because he's an offensive coach and he likes quarterbacks putting up big numbers. So when you see Damian Williams in the Super Bowl running the ball and you're like, wow, you know, he would have passed here in situations prior and that probably wouldn't have won them the game. And then you go to week two, and it's, you know, the, the star first-round rookie running back only gets eight carries. You kind of roll your eyes and, you know, is he going back to his old ways? Is he getting cocky and think, you know, oh, I have Mahomes. I don't need to do what won me the Super Bowl last year. Until I see him giving a running back the ball consecutively against a team like the Ravens, I just have to take the Ravens. I think the, the Chiefs kind of play down to their competition and they can get a little cocky. Um, before the season kind of winds down to an end. I think you saw that versus the Chargers and even a little bit against the Texans in the first half. I just think the Ravens have something to prove, especially after last year's playoffs. I think they felt that should have been them in the Super Bowl. And I think, like you said, the three-headed monster of Dobbins, uh, Mark Ingram, and uh, Gus Edwards is just going to be a little bit too much to handle for the Chiefs defense. I think the Chiefs defense is good, but there's, they still have holes in that defense. And, you know, the secondary is a little questionable along with some of the defensive linemen. Chris Jones and uh, the other oh, – I can't think of his name. Chris Jones and – Frank Clark. Frank yep. Clark and Chris Jones. You know, they're dominant. They're going to get theirs. But some of the other, uh, other guys can be a little questionable at times. So that wraps up uh, week three of the NFL games. All right, well – Thanks for listening to uh, Base Bets Week 3 of the NFL season.